We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. Almost a week to go to uh, the first game of the season. We're getting closer and closer. Join, joining me as always is Kyle Porter. Kyle, we're almost there, man. I'm fired up. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm. Uh, I feel. I'm not over golf, but it's certainly winding down, and I'm ready for some college football. The the actual season starts this week, right? Yeah, this weekend, I believe. Like Saturday or Sunday or something. Yeah, but it's only a couple games. Yeah, it's just it's always. I feel like we make this joke every year, but it's always like South Carolina on a Thursday. <laughs> uh, how do I not know this off the top of my head? Actually, I'm going uh, on vac- I'm going on vacation this weekend, so I'm checking out this weekend. I so. want to say somebody's playing in like Australia or Hawaii or some somewhere. We got of- uh, Stanford and Rice at nine o'clock on Saturday, and South Florida, San Jose State. South Florida. There's a little South Florida's going to go undefeated buzz. No. Yeah. Sure. Oh not. well. I mean, they're. I mean, they're Charlie Strong's their coach. Come on. Well, that yeah, he did great at Louisville. I mean, like he didn't go. Und- he didn't go undefeated. Yeah. Well, they almost did. Didn't didn't they go like eleven and one well, one year or twelve and one? Yeah, they got close. They had, back when they had Bridgewater. Maybe maybe the maybe like maybe there's a curse on Texas. Like maybe like no matter what happens, Texas is not going to be good. Don't tell Chip Brown that. He's got him going 12-1, and one, college football playoff. He hasn't beaten OU and OSU twice. I, I love uh, – <clears throat> you had a great tweet on uh, Monday about the eclipse <laughs> where you photoshopped it. Uh, what, did you, what did you photoshop on there? Like Texas, if you look into the sun too long, you'll start seeing things, and it said Texas going 12-1, and one, Shane Buchel's the next Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah. It said Texas is 12-1. and one. Bushell is McCoy. McCoy is Bushell. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Chip Brown. He breaks a lot of news out of Austin, covers the team as well as anybody down there. But I heard him on the radio here. He was on the radio here in Oklahoma City, and he literally compared Shane Bushell to Colt McCoy. Yeah, Colt McCoy good. is one of the best college football quarterbacks in the history of the game. He played the position as well as you can. Shane Bushell has not come close to that. You can't even begin to compare those two. So it's just, it's gotten out of control. I know Tom Herman's a good coach. I know he has, he's highly respected, but I'm going to have to see a little bit of results. I mean, 12 and 1 is absurd. If you want to go out on a limb, pick them to win like 9 or 10, right? Not 12 yeah. and 1. Ten, 10 would be like, whoa. They'd throw um, a parade. Did you see the, uh, did you see this, this fan power ranking things on uh, ESPN.com? No. There's like a, 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 an index of, let me pull it up. Cause it's, it's kind of, it's, it's weird. It's, uh, the happiest and most miserable fan bases. So ranking college football fan happiness, uh, using an index, which uses data to gauge the fan sentiment at 128 programs. So they use program power, rivalry, dominance, coaching, stability, recruiting trends, revenue growth, and Twitter buzz, which Twitter buzz seems incredibly subjective. But Oklahoma State came in uh, 80th on this list. <laughs> what are they judging this on? I mean, the, the six things that I just said. Program power, rivalry dominance, coaching stability, recruiting trend, revenue growth, and Twitter buzz. <laughs> okay. They, they, uh, had, they had I don't know a, what to make of that. I, I clicked on the story. The reason I was lost is I have two cartoon things jumping at me when I clicked on this. Yeah. So they have, Ohio okay, here State. we go. Finally, it wasn't loading on me. <laughs> they have Ohio state number one. It says their coaching stability is a 98 out of a hundred. Uh, until urban just wants to go coach USC. And then they have Oklahoma state 80 and it says their coaching stability is a 36 out of a hundred. I don't know how to take this seriously. Well, maybe they're judging Mike flirting with all the jobs he has the last I mean, he was flirting with Baylor at this time last year, wasn't he? You know, so or at the end of last season. So I don't, I don't put much stock into that. It seems, uh, seems like fake news. Seems, seems low. I mean, have, Oklahoma have, State, as we as we've just referenced in these AP polls, what is it? Bill Hasten had the stat. I think eight of the last ten years, they've achieved a top ten ranking. Like, oh, she's a top twenty program. So how could fans be? that unhappy really especially have, at osu when back like we've always talked about just them being ranked was like unheard of when we were kids so they base coaching stability on how close your coach is to getting fired is what they say 
<laughs> and they have well, Kansas- Mike Gundy's not getting fired. So I, I know that's what I'm saying. They have Kansas State at a at a 95, and Oklahoma State at a 36. I I, I do I do not understand. Talk about the albatross that is Bedlam. I just clicked on OSU. It says there are high expectations for the Cowboys according to their program power and Twitter buzz, but poor play against Oklahoma dampens hope. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, of course, like if you're like talk about an albatross on the program, OU just puts them down to 80. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and coaching, I mean, I get it. Like if you're if if two of your inputs are rivalry dominance and recruiting trend, like you're not going to be top ten in this little made up list but I, d- I don't get the coaching stability and uh, the revenue growth is down too and it's like they've been they've been making a lot of money for a long I, I don't know it just the whole thing seems weird and do you know who do you know who's 81 right behind them uh i'm looking at it right now air force oh yeah great Air Force. One, one spot ahead of Air Force. Yeah. So o- Oklahoma, State, stock I put <coughs> Oklahoma State is four spots behind Florida International. Behind? Yeah. Florida International is 76. What is this? This, this, is, this is fake news. What Let's am I on. looking at? This is fake news. <laughs> Notre Dame's 75. You know? Well, they went three and nine last year, too. Right. But they're, they're Notre freaking Dame. Come on. Duke is 44. UTSA is 43. UTSA is 43. <laughs> okay let's it's this is nonsense <laughs> yeah silliness we have um, a we have an actual survey that that really displays the happiness of uh osu fans done by our friend okc dave right yeah that's that's a tremendous segue uh it's time for the coop works guest of the week coop works brewing great tasting craft beer in oklahoma city try the flagship f5 ipa the bold dnr belgian strong ale with a refreshing horny toad blonde. For your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupe Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Yeah, we're going to call uh, OKC Dave. Uh, he is uh, <clears throat> he, he he's our Johnny, like on the, the Bill Simmons podcast. I always expect him to, uh, to answer the phone complex litigations. This is Dave. Dave-O and Jacko, basically? Or J- or J- Jacko, not Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he's John O'Connell. So yeah. Davo, we'll call him Davo. Yeah. Davo. OKC Davo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to call him and talk to him about his survey, which got 2,400 responses this year. Big time. Yeah, incredible. Very Trammell Friend Club. This is Dave. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than conflicts litigation. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm honored. I'm honored to be Barry's friend. So, you know. Yeah, that was uh, that major year. For people who don't know, uh, Barry Trammell wrote an article that his his lead his first sentence said, uh, "Dave Hudson is a uh, what, what did he say? A friend and a what, what was the line? Is a is a friend of mine and an OSU fan or, or a big OSU <laughs> fan? I think. <laughs> did I did I miss this? You you might have. Barry Trammell wrote about. I mean, he just wrote about the survey and and. Uh, just, just gave Dave some love, Oklahoma. Good, good. Yeah. I mean, that's how uh, John Ham, local Thunder aficionado, got started. He just started emailing Trammell about salary cap. So maybe Dave will uh, parlay this into full time gig. Dave, Dave's gonna uh, I be. Think I'm, uh, I think I'm more of a once a year contributor, but uh, now, <laughs> but that's okay. He's gonna be on the beat for Oklahoma State here in a couple of months. Um, Dave, you had. Uh, how many? Two twenty four hundred people take the survey this year. Yeah, uh, just just shy of that. Yeah, so it was great. I mean, that's that's more than I ever thought it would be, uh, and and a big jump from last year. So, I mean, I, I think a large part of that's due to you, Kyle. I mean, obviously your blog's done very well. So the more distribution it has there, the the, the better. But uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, it, it was. I'd like to start there. I'm just we're gonna kind of run down the the ten thoughts that I had and get your take on some stuff, but. Uh, a 44% increase from last year to this year. That seems, uh, is that, I, I presume that's the biggest increase in, in uh, percentage wise since you started it, maybe from year one to year two is bigger. Uh, it probably is. I don't, I don't uh, have that in front of me, but I mean, I, you know, certainly numbers wise and percentage wise, it's, if it's not uh, the top, it's close. So, yeah. Do you remember how many responses you got like the very first year? 
Yeah, it was like um, just, I think, 400-something maybe. Um, so it, when I started it, though, it was, you know, limited to just the uh, uh, the Rivals uh, message board. I was a poster there at the time and uh, just submitted it out. Maybe I put it on Orange Power, too. I don't remember. But uh, um, so it was about 500 or so uh, the first year. Um, okay, so I want to I wanna get going with – something that I do not understand and maybe there's a, a maybe I just don't understand the statistics of it but Oklahoma State fans said that the team was going to win uh, 9.1 games this year and also finish fifth in the country uh, on average H- yeah. how come how come those two numbers never match up I think I can explain that so I got a couple questions uh, one on your comments section and one I think on Orange Power that uh, I think kind of help me explain this so people you know, the way I make people rate the games is I, I don't say how many games are we going to win. I say for, for each individual game, I make them assign a percentage chance of winning. So it requires them to kind of go through the season one game at a time. And, uh, and, and so basically as people do that, um, you know, they're not assigning a 100% chance of winning against Kansas. They might say 95% or so. Uh, but as you add up all those percentages throughout the entire year, you know, it, it gets to 9.1 wins for this for the season. But people might not want to might might think that we're going to do better than they might take a step back. When I think when when they're getting to the poll section, uh, they're taking a step back from that and saying, how are we going to finish out overall? So I think people basically kind of ignore what they just did in in each of the games and look at the polls and say, oh, I think we're going to finish number five. I'm not sure if I did I under, explain that well or not. Well, I, I think I think part of the like within that, I think part of the thing is just a, and and this is talked about in the uh, the latest Michael Lewis book, which I know you read, but just like a misunderstanding of like uh, percentages and statistics. So like so something being like ninety nine percent, like you being ninety nine percent sure of something is wildly different than being ninety percent sure of it. And but people like because they're kind of close together, people sort of equate those two and i think that's where maybe it gets lost in translation a little bit yeah um i I think so Uh, i think you know because i do require the fans to rate every single game um you know so for example we go up to pit i'm not sure how you guys responded to this one but i think maybe i was at uh, 80 or 85 percent chance of winning that game, but I mean that means you lose. If it's if you're at 80 percent, that means you lose one out of every five of those, right? So yeah. as I simulate the season, uh, as I simulate the season, those losses kind of even if they're marginal chances, they kind of add up. But when people are saying how are we going to finish the polls, they're sitting here thinking, well, I said 80 percent for every game. That means we're going to win them all, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. that's where that, that that's that's where they come up with the number five overall ranking. Yeah. I am a little. Like I know history says in this survey, OSU fans are always conservative with the win total, but doesn't nine wins kind of feel like the, the floor for this season, assuming no one major gets hurt? I mean, that, I, I was surprised with as much hype as they're, they're getting unprecedented hype this offseason. I was a little surprised the fans went with 9.1. You know, the survey came, I released it a little bit before the SI cover, which I think maybe, I mean, um, I mean, not that that's the only piece of hype that we've received this year, but I think that was a big one. I was surprised too. I, I thought it would come in closer to the 2011 uh, nine and a half win prediction. Um, so I was surprised, and uh, I, I mean, I don't know what what to make of that. Maybe people are, um, I mean, you know, OSU fans are kind of conditioned to uh, whenever we are receiving a ton of preseason hype to get almost be a little bit worried about it because it doesn't always pan out. We saw in 2009 um, when I think uh, Zach was on the cover of, of SI, wasn't he, uh, before yeah. the season, and. Uh, and you can blame the NCAA you know, have, for that one. <laughs> right, and and injuries too. I mean, Kendall Hunter went down, and Zach went down, and and does but i mean so but 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 that's i mean that's what i'm saying is that i think osu fans are uh we, we, we've seen this before so maybe we're a little bit worried maybe there's a little concern about the defense too um you know also also pit, playing pit on the road i mean i think we're going to win that game but uh that's you know not not a great start so i don't know I, I think i think there are a number of things that go into it but i did expect that win total to be a little bit higher yeah i, I i'm yeah that, that's interesting um what, what do you think was the most surprising thing that you found uh in in the data this year (laughs) um i would say 
I was a little bit, I wouldn't say surprised. I, I was most interested that, um, so last year, I don't know if you remember, I, I had people rate the quarterbacks last year, just like I did this year, and they came out in the exact same order. But this year, Rudolph was a very firm number two. Yeah. Last year he was um, last year he was closer to three. I mean he was still number two last year, but people were much more comfortable ranking him as a, a very cl- clear second place on that list of quarterbacks. Whedon still being number one, and I think I remember us talking about it last year, and we were all a little bit hesitant to put put him in the second spot. And now <clears throat> I myself am much more comfortable doing that. Um, I don't know about you, about you guys. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I, in going through sort of Rudolph's statistics career-wise, I, I think it gets very difficult because he, he's going to end up being the all-time leader in pretty much everything, every meaningful passing category and stat and 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 you know touchdown record and everything. But he will have played so many more games than Whedon, and um, I, I I don't know. Like, but but in terms of like the number two spot. I think so. But again, like we discussed last year, like the offense that Rudolph plays in is so much different than what Josh Fields played in or what even Zach Robinson played in. So comparing across eras, I I think is just so difficult. And I think I just, the thing I can't get out of my head is Whedon had an NFL offensive line. I think all those guys at least spent some time in the NFL. He had an NFL running back and Joseph Randall and he had, Maybe the best receiver in the history of NCAA and Justin Blackman. Obviously, James Washington's going to be up there, top, probably top two, top three receiver in OSU history, too. But I just think the, the situations are so much different. Think of how many times Rudolph has been hit in his career. I think they've given up yeah. 69 sacks and 28 starts. Whedon had all day to throw. So I I lean right now towards Rudolph, but the big... the big um, Wait, Rudolph uh, over, over Whedon? I'm I, I'm leaning that way, but I can't say that fully because Whedon has won a Big Twelve championship. We talked, Kyle. You were standing right there when we talked to Rudolph about this very subject. He, yeah, he was like, you know, Whedon's got a Big Twelve title. That's what I want. So I can't. I think Rudolph basically admitted, like, I, until I do that, I can't say I'm I'm better than than Whedon or. He paid. He said he paid homage to Zach and Gundy and uh, Fields and everybody. But, but I'm just saying, like, you look at the interceptions too, guys. I mean, Whedon threw 13 interceptions back to back years. Uh, yep. Rudolph was 28 to four TD to interception ratio. That's pretty outstanding considering how how much he throws the ball deep. But I, I think Rudolph is trending to be the number one quarterback. But I can't say it yet. Wow, that's big. I I, I still would say two, um, but yeah, largely because he hasn't won a Big Twelve championship. Um, but but I, but I guess the point I was making is he is head and shoulders kind of above the rest now among, among yeah. you know above uh, Fields and Robinson and that and that crew and Shelf. Well, but and, uh, and um, think about think sorry to interrupt you, David. Think about the lack of running game Rudolph's had until last season. Like he yeah. hadn't even had a fair shot at it, and he still put up really good numbers. So I, I just I tend to look at the supporting cast a lot too. So. But that so is, think, I think, another. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Okay, uh, no, I was, I was going to switch gears. So, I mean, I, I was going to say the the other thing that um, stood out to me was that seventy seven percent of fans think we're going to play in the Big Twelve championship game this year. Which is, uh, I mean, I get it. I mean, they, they picked us to win the league in my survey, um, so we should. Um, but that's a big number. So I think that kind of. Um, Kyle, I don't know if you put out the Twitter poll today on your on your on the pistols firing site uh, or uh, Twitter account that that um, you know asked what the expectations were for this year, and I think clearly people are expecting us to play for and possibly win the Big Twelve Big Twelve championship. So, yeah, I mean, we went around <clears throat> with a with a video camera at, at Fan Appreciation Day. I haven't put out this video yet, but we basically asked people what their expectations were, and and it was. It struck me how casually people just said, oh, 10 wins, just 10 win season. And it's like, <laughs> that's only happened like five, to six times ever in Oklahoma State history. But that's like the expectation this year, not like what is a great year? What is, you know, what is the ultimate destiny? But like the expectation, I think, is like at least nine wins, if not 10 or, or more. And it's just... um you know, Gundy said it best a couple of years ago in that ESPN thing when he said we created this this monster and now we have to feed it. And you know, maybe they're going to be awesome, but I, it just it feels like 
and Carson and I have talked about this. They won a lot of like one point games, three point games last year. Like they were good, but they weren't like just steamrolling teams. So I don't know. I, I still have a lot of questions heading into the year. They've won ten uh, games five of the last seven years. So I yeah, think that's I part know. of the expectation. And they're supposed to be better, I think, this year than they were last year when they won ten games. And you mentioned it. They're eight and one in games decided by a touchdown or less. The margin is thin on some of those ten win seasons, but hey, you got to give them credit for winning close games. I thought uh, one more thing uh, from the survey uh, I, that I thought was interesting was that Gundy, um, you know, Barry Trammell, uh, Carson, in his piece said that uh, Gundy's approval rating at ninety eight percent. He said those are North Korea numbers, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but um, if you look at, you know, I, I had fans rate. Gundy in several on several different categories like recruiting and you know being an ambassador for OSU all that stuff. Well, the one that is always the lowest and continues to be the lowest is in-game coaching. Um, now, granted, he's not a coordinator anymore, but I mean, uh, I, I just think it's interesting that fans. I mean, we've won all these close games, uh, but uh, fans still are a little bit hesitant to rate him super high on on his kind of in-game coaching. Uh, what do you what do you make of that? Go ahead. Well, Carson. that's 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 the bedlam factor, is it not? I mean, I think we had talked about it leading up to last year's bedlam game that Gundy coached differently in bedlam, and it was there for everyone to see at midfield right before Junior. halftime. Junior, when when Junior ran the kick too far to where Gundy had an actual decision to make, he told him to take a knee at the at the at the five. Uh, but I mean, I think, I do think that affected the team last year when, when they ran off the field without even trying to throw the ball into the end zone or kick a long field goal, nothing like what did the defense do start second half? They were like, well, hell our offense isn't even trying to win the game. And P Ryan runs for 70 yards on his first carry. I think that really affected the mindset of the team. And I think that's where the people are coming from at in game coaching. And it's not just last year's Bedlam game. You can always go back to the 2013 game when, they played it so close to the vest, and then finally OU scores late. And what do they do? They throw like four straight passes, bing, bang, boom, down the field, score right away. And if they just played like that the whole game, they went. They were so much better than OU that game. So I think that's the bedlam factor more than just Gundy's actual in-game coaching. Because I think all, us three could agree, Gundy's a hell of a coach. And there's not. it's not a fluke they've won eight of nine games decided by a touchdown or less. He's a great coach. It's just when he sees that logo – he tends to tense up a little bit. And I, th- yeah, I think there's, and, go ahead. I think there's also a disconnect between <clears throat> maybe the, the person that people see and the coach that he is. Cause you know, he's hurting rattlesnakes and he's got this mullet, but like, it's almost like the kind of this Ricky Fowler thing. Like everybody thinks he's like just a, a crazy person and like super liberal, like when it comes to playing golf or with Gundy coaching and, and really, the, the reality is that Gundy and, and Fowler and golf has been super conservative, and especially recently. And so I think that when you sort of um, juxtapose those two things, it, it creates a little bit of angst. And especially, as like Carson said, within Bedlam, uh, when it comes to, to Gundy's coaching. Yeah, and I you know, had that whole section on Bob Stoops, um, and I think people were saying that uh, generally – the, the, the most agreed to statement was Bob Stoops had Mike Gundy's number, which I mean, <laughs> I don't know who who wouldn't agree with that. But the second one was, I feel more confident in this year's Bedlam game now that Stoops is gone. So, I mean, uh, I, I would hope, I mean, is, is it an OU thing or is it a Stoops thing? Well, I, I'm of the opinion it's an OU thing. I think about, he just, we're going to find out. We're going to find out, but I, I think he sees the logo and he says, that's Oklahoma. They have better players than us. Let's, not do anything stupid, and we'll try to get out of here. Keep it close till the end, and we'll try to get out of here with a win. I don't think he says because, like, you look at the, at the history of people that have beaten Bob Stoops. Most of the time, it's been shocking upsets because he's playing against a team that has nothing to lose. They're going all out, and that's how you have to beat Oklahoma. You can't beat them by running off tackle every play. You have to pull out all the stops, and I think that's the most frustrating part with OSU fans is. Last year, it didn't even look like they were trying to win the game. I mean, they threw it down the field twice, connected on both, and that was basically it. I think he looks up to and kind of reveres Stoops. And, I mean, 
he's going to be looking across the field and seeing a 33-year-old on the sideline this year. Maybe he'll be 34 by that point. I mean, that, to me, that does make a difference. I think he's going to coach this game differently this year, but that, that's just me. I hope so. Um, speaking of Bedlam, you had a really – I always enjoy this part about which game do, do, do fans most want to win. And this year it was, it was Bedlam at 91%, uh, which was incredibly unsurprising. What was surprising is you look back over the last uh, eight years and in 2000 – nine the bedlam bedlam came in for bedlam's come in first every year but in 2009 it was only 44 percent and second place that year was was the texas game that fans most wanted to win at 35 percent i i'm curious as to like I, I don't i don't know why the numbers have been so low up until the last they've been in the 60s basically every year up until 2016 was 88 percent and then this year is is 91 percent why, why do you think they were so low previously Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I mean, it's so high this year because it just it just feels like we struggle to beat them. Well, we don't. It doesn't feel like that. That's the truth. We struggle to beat them, but also they are the they are the you know they have the big target on their back. They're the top five team, and they're picked to win the conference. So it, it definitely and they're our rival. So it makes sense that that it's especially high this year. Um, I'd have to look back at previous years to see. I wonder. I wonder why that is that they were you know, relatively low back in like Oh nine and 10. Um, yeah, it was, it was always Texas or Texas A&M. And then the last couple of years, it's been Baylor that finished second. I have a theory. Let's hear it. Well, in two thousand, it only goes back to 2009. Just think about what, uh, OU was back in 2008. They were coming off a national championship game appearance. Sam Bradford had them rolling 2009. They were, that, that might've been Bob Stoops like most loaded team. Just literally everyone got hurt that year. And I think back then in 08, 09, the expectations of beating OU were about way less than they are now. I think OSU has risen since 08, 09 to – they're on par with OU as far as competing in the Big 12. I think their records in Big 12 play since then have been pretty close. And I just think it's gone up every single year just because the fans can see they're actually becoming competitive with OU as far as talent goes. Now, granted, granted there were some fun games in 08, 09, and 2010, but – did anyone really expect them to beat OU back then? That's kind of why I see the numbers rising. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I think, yeah, back then it was more about spoiling their season. And now, and, and so maybe, oh, if we beat Texas, we're going to, you know, jump them in the conference. Well, we've kind of done that So with, with all of these teams. So, uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think that's a good point, Carson. Uh, 25% of people this year said they expect to, uh, for Oklahoma State to have a much better offense, Dave. Um, is that feasible? Is that a realistic expectation? Probably not, but I mean, I can't blame them. I mean, our offense is going to be so good this year. So I, I, I get the, uh, irrational exuberance, I guess you could call that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let, let people have some fun, Kyle. Come on. I mean, really, <laughs> I just, I want to, I want to tout my points per drive numbers. <laughs> You do that and see how, see how many comments you get. I'm probably you're probably like one or two. I, I've I've done that. I've done that on your blog before. I know how that works. And then a post about uniforms gets like 55 comments. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not good. Um, uh, there's a couple other things here. Uh, will Oklahoma State play for a title in the next decade? 77 percent of fans think they will. Um, yeah, that's probably high. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to, the, the question is play for a title, right? Uh, yeah, play for, yeah, play for yeah. a title. Yeah. Do, so does it, it's hard it, to do that. And I guess it also depends on like, cause I think some people would probably define that as just make the college football playoff, but you, you meant like play a football game for the national championship. Well, I started this. I, I started this question uh, before there was a college football playoff, so I could change it, but I like to have. I like to keep it consistent so that yeah. I can, you know, we can look out to see how it changes over time. So um, I do mean play for a national championship. So that means you have to get there and then win your first playoff game. Um, that's hard to do. I mean, think about it. Over the next ten years, how many teams are going to do that? Twenty, right? I mean, twenty teams are going to play for a national championship. So is OSU going to be one of those twenty? Man, it's it's hard. Um, it, it's. I mean, look, look at OU. It's it's really hard to 
to get there even, so let alone win it. So that number's probably high, but again, I, I don't mind. I mean, you know, hey, we're OSU fans. Why, why wouldn't, you know, if we're not going to, if we don't think we're going to have a chance in the next 10 years, then what are we really doing here? So, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, they should have played for one in 2011. We can all agree on that, not to, not to go down that road. But it definitely has gotten harder. I mean, you throw in the Big 12 title game, that's a that's gonna be a hard game to win, even if you make that. And then obviously the the playoff, you got to win twice there. So that's that's tough. See, I, but yeah, I think it, I, I, I think agree. it's gotten I think it's gotten a little bit easier to, to play. Did did what? we have this? Did we have this argument last year? I think we did. We, we did. Yeah. I mean, so the, the 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 argument is, you know, it, it's e- easier to gain access to the title game through the playoff. Yeah. But it's probably harder to get there, and and doubly hard now that, as Carson said, now that you have the Big Twelve title game too. You yeah. got to win fifteen games now. <laughs> well, well, no. W- 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 my point was like, if if the playoff existed in two thousand eleven, I think we all would say that. I mean, they would have played for the title because they would have beaten. Well, they w- they wouldn't have played Stanford in the first round, but we we who would they have played? Bama or LSU in the first round? They would have been the four seed. They would have played um, LSU. No, LSU. they would have been the yeah. they would have been the three seed, wouldn't they? So they would have played Bama. Yeah, we would have been the three, and we would have played Bama. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So we want Bama. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know if we do. Um, okay, ninety-seven percent of fans think that Gundy will coach for five plus years, so five or more years. What was your answer to that, Dave? I think I put it at uh, gosh, I don't remember. Maybe six or seven. Um, I think he'll coach till he's. I know he he he's talked about you know, not coaching until he's an old man, but I think, I, th- I think he's got another six, seven years left in him. Um, so I, I kind of agree with that. Now, the people that said 10 plus, I don't, I, I, I mean, I, I can see him making it to 60, but just barely and, and retiring then. But, uh, uh, I, I, I would say six or seven, something like that. Kyle Boone, Kyle Boone wrote a piece today. I don't know if it's up yet, but about how if Gundy coaches, till he's 60 he could become the he could he could surpass stoops on the all-time conference uh wins list like the most wins in big 12 history um which would be pretty incredible but he'd have to average like six or seven a year for the next 10 years to do it he's at 63 and i think stoops ended with like 124 I can I can tell that's uh, some super exciting information for you guys, but <laughs> I, I, well, I was just I was just I was just wondering if if he would be motivated by that. I mean, you know, that's that's interesting that he would be the winningest coach in Big Twelve history. But um, I, I it, sorry, I was kind of thinking about how um, Gundy would want to leave the program. I mean, Stoops left the program uh, over there in really good shape. Um, yeah. I would imagine Gundy wants to do the same. So maybe it'll just be a timing deal for him where, you know, five years from now or six or seven or whatever it is, he, he's going to want to leave it in good shape. So, it, it, I mean, it's hard to say. But my, Mike, my Yersich, is that, Mike Yersich coaching waiting. I'll probably hire like Ori Lemon to run the program or something. <laughs> I, I think Mike's, Mike's going to coach six more years. Yeah. Uh, Bob Stoops is 56. Mike Gunny just turned 50. Those those quotes, I think you had them on the blog at one point, Kyle, where he said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, I don't want to coach till I'm old. And basically, like, they'll, they'll run me off eventually anyway, and I'll be, I'll be out of here. Like, he, it's, it sounded like five or six years max for me. I think, I think, he, I think he is a little rejuvenated by, uh, obviously, the mullet, but then – Bob Stoops retiring has really opened a, a massive window here, I think, to to really elevate OSU to heights they hadn't seen before. And we'll have to see if he can get it done. But I, I think five or six years, I think he'll he's made so much money that he can just retire to to Gundy uh, Ranch and drive his tractor, play play with some backhoes or something. Yeah, his kids will be um, all gone. He can go watch him play and stuff. Okay, uh, Dave, I want your opinion on this because I know you've got some some Mike Holder takes, but Holder's uh, approval rating plummets. You talked about Gundy earlier at North Korea range. Uh, Holder plummeted to 42 or 43%. Um, is that warranted, or do you feel like that's a little bit out of whack with, with uh, the job that he's done? Well, um, can I answer both? I mean, I think... <laughs> I have been a holder. I've been a holder defender, uh, you know, but 
uh, and he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for the uh, you know success that the athletic department has had during his run. There's no question about that. Like, you, I mean, but um, I, mean, I think he botched the Underwood thing, uh, and you know, hiring Boyden. I mean, Boyden seems like a great guy, and I hope he's as good a coach as he is a guy. You know, um, but people were not quite sold on the way he handled Underwood and the way he handled the Boyden hiring. And uh, I think you want your athletic director to um, have a better relationship with your basketball coach so that uh, he's not surprised when, when Underwood walks in his office and has already taken another job. So he failed. I mean, I'm, I, that, he failed at that. Um, so I think uh, he does deserve a, a lot of credit for what he's done at OSU. And I think overall his run has been really good. But, um, you know, I, I get the people who say they disapprove or are unsure uh, of the job that he's done. Hard to say any better than that. I mean, the, the Underwood thing was a complete and total debacle. There's just there's no way around it. I mean, you could not afford to, to mess that situation up with the momentum he had with Gallagher Iba full again. I mean, just think about how empty that place was under Ford and. Mike, Mike, to me, Mike Holder's legacy is secure. He has Boone Pickens Stadium glistening full. I mean, he he's done so much for the athletic. Like they're good in all the sports now. Like they're they have all the facilities now built up. And Kyle, you and I have talked ad nauseum about how little money they have as an athletic department, and the job he's done to kind of elevate OSU uh, has been his legacy secure. But I, I totally understand the approval rating plummeting the way it has, just because. Would Joe Castiglione in a million years have screwed up that Brad Underwood situation? No chance. Like, that's just – and that falls on him. So, I know Underwood, you know, he had – he has he has some blame in that as, as well, but it, it ultimately falls on Holder. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> those, are, those are good points. I, I'm a Holder defender. I just think you, you have to look at the overall, you know, the golden era, like I, like I called it, Carson. Uh and, with the accent, and I know that that is a lot due to to Ben Pickens, um, but he also has had a relationship with him, and and his uh, has guided the school to where it is. So, speaking of leaving things better than you found them, that's that's going to be a a good transition, I think, eventually to uh, Chad Weiberg. Um, okay, last one I want to ask you about, Dave. I, I thought this was <clears throat> the best question that uh, you you have maybe ever come up with on on this survey. It was just, it was so fascinating to me, but you basically had a matrix and you had to pick one of, I believe, four or five quarterbacks and one of four or five uh, receivers. Whedon to Blackman won in a which combo would you pick uh, when, what was it, on the 20-yard line, fourth down, two seconds left of a, of a title game and you have to have a touchdown? Um, Whedon yeah, to Blackman yeah. finished first, Whedon to Dez second. Uh, anything surprise you in there? I, well, okay. So I want to point out that Dez was the most selected receiver. Okay. Um, I mean, not by a large margin, but he was people, more people picked Dez than they then picked Blackman. But the combination of Whedon to Blackman was the the highest selected combination. So, that was a little surprising to me. To me, it's it's Whedon to Dez, and it's kind of a no-brainer <laughs> to me. Um, but, uh, I mean, I get it because people watched that Whedon to Blackman connection. So, I mean, I, I, I had fun with that one, too. I thought it was uh, pretty cool. And, and, you know, I threw in Gundy and Hartley Dykes in there, too, just to see how many old-timers would pick that one. But uh, I thought, what, what I did thought, you guys pick? Well, I thought Gundy to Hartley. I think I might have voted, uh, excuse me, Whedon to Hartley Dykes. Um it's kind of an underrated one there. I that's think that such was... an indie. That's such an indie answer. Well, I'm an indie blog, or I was. I mean, I don't I mean, know. If when's I your? Know. When does your indie album come out? <laughs> when what's does your mixtape drop? What's wrong with Wheaton to, to Hartley? Come on, dude. Hartley, De- you're over... taking you're taking Hartley over Dez or Blackman. I'm just saying. I, mean, I, I love Hartley. I mean, Hartley was ahead of his time. Uh. But I'm sorry, Des uh, Blackman was the fifth pick in the NFL draft. Well, I mean, Hartley was like the fiftieth pick in the MLB draft. <laughs> well, Hartley right, blew out his knee. So. Carson, Carson, who'd you pick? Oh my gosh, the, the, there's two ways to judge this. Like, based on what I've seen, Weeden to Blackman, but Weeden to Des, just the imagination just runs wild. 
just <laughs> Whedon unleashing the fade to Dez. As good as he was at throwing that ball, and as good as Blackman was catching it, we can all agree that Dez is the best fade ball catcher in the, the world. So I I tend to lean Whedon to Dez, but again, Justin Blackman's production is unheard of. Like it's ungodly. Just look at his numbers again. It's just absurd. So it's hard for me to pick against Blackman, but I think just the imagination runs wild. I'll go Whedon to Dez. And you know, yes, his production was out of this world. However, let's let's as you pointed out with Whedon, let's point out that Dez, um, you know, his career was cut short by the NCAA, and he, you know, loved Zach, but he had Zach Robinson throwing the ball versus you know Brandon Whedon. So Very that true. could have been pretty special. You're right. Um, okay. um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys. Hang on, yeah. Kyle. I got to yeah, ask yeah. about this whole waving weed. This whole waving weed situation. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. I am. Too. I was. A- I was attacked from all corners uh, on this <laughs> and on social media and on message boards and oh, we don't wave the wheat, you know, and and then I had I had actually had someone say, what is waving the wheat? Like, so, okay, so and, and this was the guy that was doing the whole, like, it's not called waving the wheat, it's called, you know, the waving song or whatever. And, uh, you know, my, my, I, I think I, was, I had a polite reply to him, but I wanted to be like, dude, you can't figure out what I'm talking about, you know, whenever I ask about this, so... I mean, I will say I didn't know that it's not officially waving the wheat, but uh, I was I was taken aback by the uh, man. There's some people that are really offended by it. We were talking about this before we <clears throat> before we called you, not on the podcast, but uh, in a in a section that will be heavily edited uh, before we put out the podcast. Um, it is. Uh, I, I have been in your shoes. I've been attacked uh, by all sides of Oklahoma State fandom. I, I I'm being told I'm under attack as we speak uh, by some message boards. I I, I don't. Uh, it it only makes me want to use the term more. Like it only makes me want to like change my blog to wavingtheweet.com. Uh, <laughs> wavingtheweetblog.com. <laughs> So this I, is I, like putting up the 1945 banner, 1945 uh, national championship banner, just poking at OU fans, basically, for you. <laughs> yeah, and I feel a little bad that it's poking at like a, a subset of, of Oklahoma State fans. Um, but it just, it I don't know, like I, it just seems absurd that people care that that much about it. It, it. I've been told that like waving the weed is like a like a KU or a Kansas state thing. So maybe, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Car- I know Carson has very strong feelings though. Uh, last year homecoming, <laughs> I was filming the game and Rudolph, uh, threw, I think the game ceiling touchdown pass to make it 31 to whatever. And as he ran off the field, I got him on camera. What I call waving the wheat with his, with his arms, like all the fans do. My, my dad went to school at OSU in the seventies. My mom as well. He calls it the waving wheat. Apparently, that's what Kansas calls theirs, and it's just I was and I when I tweeted out the video of Rudolph running off the field doing that, I called it the waving wheat, and I got attacked like by a few people. <laughs> one of one of whom comes from the Orange Power message boards, and uh, the, the level of vitriol in his tweets were pretty embarrassing. And he his his excuse was that. It's 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 called the waving song. It's on the sheet music. I'm like, dude, I wasn't in the band. I call it what everyone in every student around me in the stadium called it the waving wheat. Everyone I've ever known that went to OSU called it the waving wheat. So if that makes us bad alums, get over yourself. Like get a life. Uh, I don't read sheet music. I go by what people call it. So if I'm going by slang and that's and that's blasphemy, deal with it. <laughs> I don't care. Well, uh, and our friend of the blog, uh, Nate, brought this up in the comments, but, and I'm pretty sure he's right. He said that, that Nike made a shirt a few years ago that said, wave the wheat. And uh, I, I, I could swear that I saw that shirt as well. Maybe it was a fraudulent shirt. Maybe it was, maybe it was made not by Nike and just sold, you know, that maybe there was a cease and desist on it. I don't know. But I, I, uh, I'm I'm gonna continue to call it waving the wheat. I'm trying yeah, to find that shirt right. as we speak. <laughs> well, we're, like we're all my... on board. I, I, I was I was a little surprised that it um, that had a 83 percent I guess approval rating on my little uh, section there. I was a little surprised it was that high because I've heard several people. I don't know about you guys. I've heard several people, uh, just friends of mine and stuff, say they don't like that tradition because 
you score a big touchdown and everyone's going nuts and then everyone turns into what one of my friends called arm-waving zombies, you know, and everyone gets <laughs> quiet and waves their arms back and forth. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I'm surprised yeah, it's, that uh, it's that high too, but I don't, I don't mind it. I don't, it's just kind of become just what, what people do, you know? So yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have too big a, but who, have, Dave, have you ever been in an OSU game and they score and someone goes, Hey, let's do the waving song. <laughs> Not never, not never, except for the dudes in the band. The band might yell that out because they got to play the actual sheet music. But I'm I w- not saying, hey, guys, it's the waving song. I was, uh, I was glad to see that uh, the so true thing got the lowest approval rating. Um, that's oh, yeah. an that's an abomination and should be just burned with fire. It's not there, good. There is no, there is no stopping that. By the way, like the kids these days, they love it. Yeah. Um, you go to a game, it is deafening from the student section. That's so true. And all the football players do it too. So the the kiss cam the kiss cam gets a bad rap. Now, so he got the second lowest approval at forty percent. It's all it's all about the the uh, the operator of the camera. Like if you have a bad operator, the kiss cam is stinks. It's terrible. But if you have somebody that has fun with it, it can be it can be good. I'm in on the kiss cam. Okay. Yeah. I, I think what was the approval rating on the kiss cam? Forty percent. I think that rating comes. They've used the same music since two thousand three on the Kiss Cam. I think. Oh man, thank I you, think, Carson. Yes, I think that's oh. why. Like, yeah, the Kiss I, I get Cam, so tired Kiss of. Cam's they, they, yeah, you're right. They they totally need to switch the music up. It drives me insane. The key. How about the key jingle? To me, that's a high school thing, and we need. We don't really need jingling our keys in college. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny did, how like. They, they did that when I when I went to games in like 1993. So like I think just people start doing stuff and like it just for some reason everyone starts doing it and it just becomes like just second nature. Like I don't really, I never really understood that either. But my favorite this is officially like the the old curmudgeon section of the podcast right yeah. now. Where we're yeah, we're attacking all the things the millennials my, are doing. <laughs> my my favorite part of just every year Dave doing the survey is getting to read through it on my own and just. He he just puts hilarious things in there, like the uh, he called he ended up calling it the arm waving thing OSU fans do after we score, but he capitalized every letter, so it seemed like <laughs> a like a uh, like or the beginning of every word, so it seemed like a very formal thing. Uh, last one that uh, I want to bring up is yeah, so so Dave put in all these different like traditions, so. Uh, Post game alma mater, the walk, uh, team marching through the tunnel, all this different stuff, and then one of them in there was Gundy, Gundy remaining calm for ninety nine percent of the game, then losing his mind over one blown call, and that got a uh, that that only got a seventy three percent approval rating, but it made me laugh. I'm I'm a hundred percent in. I love it. I mean, I love it so much because like I feel like Gundy has tried to um, cultivate this like calm demeanor on the sidelines because he used to be a little more fiery i think when he was younger yeah and um i mean i think it's good that he does that um i think that most good coaches do that but i do i, I love it whenever he and, and it seems like he loses it sometimes on like a bizarre call like it's not that big of a deal you know but maybe it's just really clear in his head or something like that so he'll just go insane you know and i mean i, I just i love nothing more than watching him do that I yeah, like half the time, half the time when he's going absolutely ballistic, we all kind of look around like, "Wait, what? What happened there? Why is he freaking out right now?" <laughs> like, it's never then, like a massive play. Yeah, and then during Central Michigan, he's like, "Well, okay, you know, should have well, should have put my visor on. Should have made a snow angel at the middle of the field, but I didn't." <laughs> uh, Can okay. I just point out uh, one last thing? Uh, waving wheats in the state song, by the way. So yeah, if we're talking about waving yeah. songs. It's in, waving weights in our state song. So, if people have a problem with that, I, I'm that's fine. But me. the level the level of vitriol is just hilarious. Take it me. up with Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dave, next year we put we put a uh, we put a section of people voting on their favorite uh, saying from the the rant from from uh, Gundy. Ooh. Oh Gundy's yes. Kid. What is your favorite part, Dave? <laughs> Um, I think I, God, hang on a second here. It's, uh, do, do yours real quick. Uh, yeah, I, I've been talked into, <laughs> I, I've, I've been brought over to Carson's, Carson's side with this. 
Well, I went down memory lane uh, and aired like almost the whole thing in its entirety on Channel Five on the on his birthday. And my my favorite recently had been "Who Comes Home Upset." <laughs> like that had been my favorite for like the longest time. But I forgot when I was in college, I used this one all the time when we were at like a when we were at like a party or at my house, all my friends, and someone did something stupid. I would turn to my friend and go. They're supposed to be mature adults, but they're really not. <laughs> that was a, that was a favorite of mine when I was in college. They're supposed to be mature adults, but they're really not. I think you should just for like <clears throat> whenever when's the anniversary? Like three weeks from now, or four weeks, or something. Something like that. Just every day that week on on Channel Five that like at at night, you should just reenact like a like a thirty second. <laughs> like like bit of it so that throughout the whole week you just put the whole thing together and and uh, by the end of it you're you're through it all that would be uh it'd be some nice ratings for you i think i want to talk about okay. this survey i i don't read it but three-fourths is inaccurate fiction he's, he's probably probably right about that okay i i was scrolling through my tweets because i had to find it because I, I knew that i had tweeted to you uh whenever you put that out and i love the He's respectful to the public. Like he, like, <laughs> why, why is why is public like the thing that he hits on that? You know, he's, he's kissing babies in the stands. <laughs> respectful to the public. That's a great one. Uh, but then, I mean, I, and this one, this one is a very popular one. But the where are we at in society today? I mean, I use that all the time too. I mean, I just for little things. I'll, where are we I at use, in society today? I use that. The thing I love the most about the rant, and obviously we've, we've talked about it, like a new part sticks out every time, but like in Gundy's actual like weekly press conferences, little bits and pieces kind of trickle in. Like he's a good kid, does everything right. Like a little bit, like I've always been told that that was like the truest form of Mike Gundy we'd ever seen. Like that was all Mike. That was him completely unfiltered. And you can kind of hear some of those values that he just was going off the cuff with in his everyday kind of lexicon. So it's pretty funny when those kind of trickle in as well. I also use the, uh, where are we at in society? Uh, kids are disobedient. <laughs> Just look at my wife and say, where, where are we at in society? I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Who, who's the kid here? Yeah. Who's the who's kid, the kid I use, here? Are you kidding I use me? That. I use that. Uh, God, it's so good. It was the original fake news. This was brought and, to me by a mother. Of children. <laughs> of children. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was. He was ahead of his time on the whole fake news thing. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, someone talked about this, about how this would re- be received t- today. And uh, I really don't know the answer. I, I, I agree with Gandhi. Like, it, it ultimately was a good thing. Um, but, man, if he did it today, I, I don't know how it would go, how it would go over in the media. Well, it didn't go well initially. He he got a lot of blowback from that, at least locally. Uh, nationally, like, people, people were like, who, people were like, who is this guy? Nationally, well, he was people like didn't know who he was. And Nineteen and twenty-six or something. He they weren't good, you know. And yeah. So he did. He didn't have any capital, like to to be spending like that. And now he does. And I don't know. I, I think that it, it's almost better that it happened when he was an unknown. I think <clears throat> because I think if if that happens with like. Urban Meyer or Nick Saban. Now you're just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why are, what, this is weird. And you know, like it, it was, a pass in a pickup game. Yeah. It was, it was sort of his coming out party. And, um, you know, I, I just think it works better when you're, I, I think it works better long-term when you're an unknown like that, when it happens. Says he's fat. I, I like the, I like the, I like the idea. The, the fat line. I like the idea of his kids hearing that and being like, looking around at each other, like, wait a second, who's he talking about there? What's the, cause <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, he's yelling at Jenny Carlson, right? I mean, sitting there, I, I would like to get, they, they need to do a oral history of the, of the rant. I would love to get Jenny Carlson's take on it too. It was yeah, the I, only press conference that season I did not go to. I was a student. It was homecoming. Just wanted to go to the game and I missed history. Do we know if, uh, if Mike Sherman was there because he's the editor who let it come out. I don't think he was, but I don't think she he was, was standing, She was standing right there, and if you watch it, he doesn't know where she is at first, and then by the end of it, he is just all the way in the corner, kind of where where she is. The, the kind but, of a kind of a sneaky underrated part is he when he walks out, he gets a he gets a a, a standing ovation from like three people. Like well, I think just, that was 
The rumors was that like his, that was like his family in there. Oh, really? Yeah, that oh, wasn't like okay. media members. Media. Uh, I remember I knew people that were there covering it, and they at the time, everyone there didn't know what the hell he was talking about because that paper came out Saturday morning, and all the media is already in Stillwater. They don't have the copy of the paper with them because they're on the way to the game. It was a two thirty game, so you're getting up there early. There's no and Twitter. as after the rant. I was working at Channel 4 at the time, and, and Matt Reese called – the guy named Matt Reese who now went to, moves, lives in Atlanta. He called Bob Jr. and was like, Bob, Mike just went off. I don't even, I don't even know what he was talking about. He just went crazy. Yeah, he's holding up the newspaper and yelling. And he's like, well, just feed it back and we'll air it. And so they just they went live with it right then. But at the time, imagine, people were like, what the hell is he talking about? Can you imagine if my site would have existed then and, we and like, we posted mm-hmm. that? Like, I would have – it would have just melted somebody's server. Like, there would be – would have been you would have, you would have had you would have had problems. Your 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 side would have been down. Yeah, it would have been crazy. Okay, uh, last thing, real quick, Dave. We do a, a segment every week or every episode, as as you know about uh, uniforms. You didn't have any uniform questions on the survey, but uh, we've been counting down our top five from last year. What is your top one or two uh, uni combos from 2016? Okay, well, I'm going to fail you here because I don't. I mean. Hey, I, lo- I love you guys in the uniform stuff, but like that's not it. it I, I I can't tell you what you know what uniform we wore to which game. But let me just give you. I love the black, black, white. That's my favorite, ultimate favorite. Black, um, black, I think, white. I uh, think. Uh, they worn that. Yeah, like, kind of like. Yeah, yeah, we've worn it before. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, no, black, black, orange. I'm sorry, black, black, orange. My bad. Um, we wore oh. that. Uh, we, wore, we wore it a couple times. There was one, I think, back in '11. Maybe we wore it because I remember Joseph Randall in it, and Against I thought it Kansas. was the best looking. Yeah, it was yeah. a really good looking uniform. Um, uh, but uh, so that, that's my favorite. As far as last year, I, I don't, uh, I don't recall. You guys do. Uh, a really good job covering uniforms, and I like the coverage. I listen to everything, but like I just don't have strong, really strong opinions unless I really don't like it. So, what have um, you really not liked? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I really am not a fan of the Phantom Pete stuff. Um, I didn't like uh, the uh, some of like the icy icy white stuff I'm not a huge fan of um, just because I feel like um, it's too easy for other schools to do that and it makes us look like we're trying too hard like we're, we're pretty we have pretty strong colors I think and so I don't feel like we need to uh, kind of bling it up too much uh, but I don't know, that's, just, that's just my opinion I'm with you I like black and orange more than I like white but Kyle loves the all white but everyone about, has their own preference what about the Ed Hardy helmet um, you know I the very first I was against it, but it's okay. It's uh, it's, it's it's definitely not my favorite, but it's okay. I, I don't have a visceral bad feeling when I see it. Um, um, let me think here. I, I do. I think you guys mentioned at some point that you wanted to see the, or one of you wanted to see the old brands, um, like the you know from the '80s, and I, I would like to see that incorporated a little bit more too. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I have to throw that back in every, every now and then. The slanted brand I can kind of do without, but I like the old brand. So what about the what about the Flames brand that they had on the basketball oh. court for a while? Terrible. I mean, <laughs> when when we had the Flames and then the orange and black uh, lanes, remember that? Not yes. good. The, the, oh, the worst. The worst. That's that's what destroyed OSU basketball. I think. <laughs> Okay, I said last thing, but very last thing. Uh, any book recommendations for people who are listening? Yeah, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. It's uh, about uh, the Osage Indians uh, had, or Native Americans, I guess I should say, had a uh, tremendous amount of wealth from oil that uh, was on their lands, and uh, several of them started to get uh, getting murdered. Um, and it's a really good story. It kind of talks about the early days of the FBI as well, um, the investigation that, that took place. It's a fascinating book, and anyone with Oklahoma ties should absolutely read it. It's a fascinating piece of Oklahoma history that I had no, no idea uh, about. So read that. Yeah, I've heard that from multiple people now. So, uh, Dave, awesome survey as always. Uh, we appreciate you giving us so much time. Uh, congratulations on your entrance into Barry Trammell's uh, inner circle. And uh, <laughs> we, we hope that you uh, enjoy the season. Thank you. Two more things. Uh, I walked by Zach Robinson, golfer Zach Robinson, on the way here to do this uh, podcast. And he said he's available anytime. So uh, <laughs> for you guys. So and uh, and then secondly, 
uh, Alpha Hive me on the uh, in the coop segment. Okay, Alpha Hive. Yes. Yes. Oh, requests. Hey, uh, I on Zach Robinson. I, me and Kyle and I were at uh, Karsten Creek and. We were walking back to this room to interview Spencer. I noticed on the wall it had Zach Robinson's like uh, plaque. All the golfers have like plaques there, and I saw his plaque. I meant to take a picture of it and send it to you guys, but let him know that I saw his plaque. So he's he's official in my book. He can come settle our uh, our Rory debate, Rory Ricky debate. Yes, yeah, have him on. To do that. Have him on. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, Dave, have a good rest of the day, right. and we will talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, Carson, uh, we are back to finish up. Actually, let's, uh, we got to hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and wrap everything up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, we are back. Um, we should just give Dave his own podcast. Alpha Hivem. Yeah. Well, I think he. Was, I don't think he was saying that he wants us to provide him some. I think he was just saying that's his. That's his favorite. That's his, his go-to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dave's awesome, and I, I'm really happy for him. You know that that survey takes some work, and to see it grow the way it has is pretty cool. Yeah, it takes a lot of work, and he does a really good job, uh, not only collecting the data but kind of sorting through it, and uh, it just you know, and a lot of people have said this, but it's it's a true kind of end of summer marker uh for the football season getting here and uh, i really appreciate him and and uh, what he's done for for pfb over the years he's written a lot of really good interesting stuff for us and uh yeah he he uh, he deserve all all deserves all the accolades for uh, for doing a good job with that survey you know what we forgot to ask him about what's that Iowa State and how that time he was sitting in the parking lot of Jack Trice Stadium on a non-game day just staring at this empty wasteland that cost OSU a national championship. You know what I think of when I think about that? Did did you watch um, you watch Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. The last episode where Oh, I finished it a while ago. You'll have to remind me. Walter White is is in the car when he's in New Hampshire or Delaware or wherever he is. I mean, spoiler cold. alert here, by the way. No, I'm not going to. For people it, that haven't watched it. It's just really cold and like dark and like you, you just, it just, it just is, it's very ominous like that. Every time I think of Dave sitting in front of, of Jack Trice, that's the, uh, that's the image that pops in my head. Wasn't it like during like, you know, not football season. So it just makes it even more like, yeah, empty and ominous and just, this was the, the scene of the crime. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I think he was in Iowa for like work or something for, for complex litigations. And, uh, he texted me. I, I, I'll never, I was at the library and I get this text, uh, from Dave and just says, I'm sitting in my car in front of Jack Trice stadium. I was like staring. Are you okay? Like, is everything okay? (laughs) Don't do anything crazy, Dave. (laughs) But the reason I brought that up is OSU fans are like less and less confident in the Iowa State game. Yeah, on, yeah. on a survey. Yeah, it went from eighty six percent, I think, in eighty nine eighty nine percent confidence in two thousand eleven to seventy seven percent this year. Even though it's pretty much equivalent teams, and I think you could. I don't know. I think I think Iowa State's kind of going to be better this year than they were in two thousand eleven. So. Maybe that factors in, but certainly people are, are definitely scarred by that game. They're definitely scarred, uh, but I do like their coach, and you just look back to the last two years. Uh, both were really close games. Um, on the road in Ames was a, one of those cardiac cowboy games, and then obviously they were down huge. I declared them a loser already in the game against Iowa State last year and got just eviscerated on Twitter. So, I mean, they've had some scares lately too. It's not just the 2011 game, so yeah. that kind of makes a little sense to me. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. 
we got to get out of here. Uh, we will be back on Thursday or Friday. Are you going to Stillwater on Friday? I will not be. I'm taking one last weekend of vacation before football just to get my mind right. That's good. I like it. So maybe maybe Thursday, uh, podcast number two for the week. And, yeah, football starts next week. So we're excited. We're going to have our postgame shows uh, per the usual, and we're working on a couple of other things uh, for the season. So should be fun. And thanks again to uh, today for coming on. Thanks again to Dave. Get your uh, get your uni prediction ready for uh, week one. I, I took you in uh, Southwell down last year, so you did. I'm come ready. at me. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? Thirty. Th- you're a man. You're thirty one, thirty three. What are you? I don't read it. It's inaccurate. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm thirty three. <laughs> oh, dude, the, I'm, the I'm not a kid. The anniversary week, I need a dramatic reading of the Gundy rant from you on here. Should I do like the entire thing? Just get yeah. it printed out where I yes. can do it word for word? It's like two minutes. And I just, I want the build up to. Um, oh, it's like three and a half minutes, but I, I can do it. We might have to do that on the anniversary. Yeah. I want the build up to, to your favorite line when he comes It'll home. It'll be between my. Uh... Upset. <laughs> He's respectful to the public, and he like lunges at her when he says yeah, public. That was that's that, that was, was a, great, a great call by Dave. Yeah, it was because that's that's yeah that's a, I mean the whole thing like you could pick out any single line and turn it into, you know they're supposed to be mature adults like any of it is is so funny and and the fact that we still use it in everyday language is is amazing. So anyway, the most. Video you will ever see. Hang on one second. I'm trying to pull something up here to get us out of here. Oh, okay. uh, wait a second. But uh, yeah, it's it's the most riveting piece of video you can find. And <laughs> Channel Five actually posted the clip on YouTube first. Yeah, and it has, has 3.6 million views. Yeah, like it is the clip. If you want to go watch it, it's Channel Five. But uh, let, yeah. let's get out of here on this. Okay. <laughs> Waving the wheat. Kyle, it's the wake. Uh, I love it. Wave the weed on the way out, bud. I'll talk so to good. you on Thursday. All right. See you, buddy.